These are more fun with John Seth. I mean, don't tell tell him that. Welcome to Coffee Rants and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. Joining me, not always, not as always today, is Daniel Morris, (laughs) not John Seth. Not. What What noise does he make? Not Uh, John Seth. He makes a lot of noise. Something dumb. Yeah. Something dumb in here. There we go. Roasted. We Skyler too. Oh, we do miss you, John. We Seth. do. Skyler too. Yo, and Mike too. Tee. It's a good day because we have a new coffee shop in Lake City. It's called Zappa Coffee and Bakery Zappa. on Marion Street, and we went over there this morning and got some stuff. Um, but if you Google it, it starts with an X. Yes, that's important. Important distinction there. X A P A. Yes. yes. Zappa. Zappa. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, Daniel, and I got some Cortados there. Uh, we didn't waste money on Skyler's because he would have absolutely hated it, but it was delicious. Yeah. It's really good. The Cortado was very good. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Wait, well, y'all pay for it all on one? No, no. no. I oh, paid okay. for my Cortado. Okay. No. Well, I paid for my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you weren't going to waste money on it. Okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We decided Skyler shouldn't waste his money on a Cortado. There you go. That, yeah, that would be a better uh, Because way Skyler would not have fair. liked the Cortado. That's fair. But the Cortado was very good. And uh, I've had one before, so I'm sure it's very similar. Yeah. You really have? Have you? Yeah. Yeah. You re- you told me to get one one time. Did you dump a bunch Why of sugar you, in And I've hated you ever since. <laughs> <laughs> the last time he ordered what you told right. him to. Now, if you, if you get Never. one and you put some sugar in it, you'd probably be okay. I'm sure it'd be great. Yeah. You like cafe con leches? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Now, that's not what we have with us right now, though. <laughs> we ended up getting some lattes. I got a pure maple latte that's really good. Mm-hmm. What did you guys get? Caramel. Vanilla, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I, got, I got a caramel latte. Daniel Daniel got a caramel latte. I got a caramel latte. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure they're both the same thing. Actually, I ordered it, so you got whatever I ordered. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I am also <laughs> drinking a caramel latte uh, from Zappa, and it's very good. Very yeah. good. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Now, they don't roast their own coffee. They use bold bean coffee, and that's in Jacksonville. I've been to a bold bean coffee shop. It's really good, too, but this is just as good. If not, if not a little bit better, actually. So, yep. So this is right downtown on Marion Street, um, it, just north of uh, the Blanche, and on the other side of the street from the Blanche. So, uh, Zappa Coffee Shop. Shout out to them. Good job on their coffee. Good luck with their opening, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to buy coffee from them a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go check them out. We'll move into our banter topic for today, and since John Seth's not here, we'll. Go to Skyler. Banter, 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 this. banter. Well, Thank um, you. <laughs> I wasn't as good, but you know. Okay. If you could play only one instrument, what would it be? Side note, if you already play multiple instruments, you have to choose one. If you don't play any instruments, choose one you wish you could play. That's easy for me. Okay. Drums. Is that that's like your fantasy? <clears throat> it is. Your- it is. It's uh, my bucket list uh, to be able to play the drums you talked about an interesting invention idea to us the other day yeah yeah i think that somebody needs to code uh worship songs to click to click tracks but code worship songs so that they're visual uh a visual display similar to uh playstation's rock band so that so that if you you have your 
you could use real drums, you know, acoustic drums or electric drums, but have it so that it kind of feeds down the screen and it tells you, you know, what to, what to hit because I'm a visual guy. And if I can see when I'm supposed to hit, I can pick up the rhythms visually better than I can uh, just hearing them. Right. And so if I can see the rhythms, then I can, I can play the rhythms more often than not. And with click, with click, you could, you could fill in, you could have like, Easy, medium, and hard, just like on PlayStation. <laughs> and so you could you could work your way into playing the full the full drum riff, uh, but uh, but you could start out by just you know hitting a few of the drums. Um, it'll look good on stage, right? <laughs> and and you and you'll you'll sound really good because the click is playing most of it for you. <laughs> so right, somebody yeah. should code that. Yeah. Somebody and and it's my idea. Mike Tatum. So if you code it, I'll I'll take a percentage. Yeah. Um, but uh, now, or maybe I'll just learn to code. Yeah. Every now, drummer, out, every real drummer out there is like I know they hate me. Twitching right they now. hate me like poison right now. Yeah. And well, you said it could be acoustic as well, but then you couldn't do the easy, medium, hard thing. You That's know? true. That's true. Yes. So, yeah. But if that was invented, we could finally have a drummer on Sunday mornings here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. And it could be me. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, I don't know about this one. Like, part of me thinks like practical things like you know if because you can do anything on piano if you wanted to Mm -hmm. or guitar but i think i would say drums like if i'm thinking about it from like a purely like wow i this is what i really enjoy i mean david's teaching me some drums right now and uh I can't stop thinking about going right. to play drums. Like right. I want to go play drums. Right. right exactly. <laughs> it's addicting. It's addicting. It is. The bad thing about drums is it's hard to like sing around a campfire well, see, to that's, them. That's the thing is like, that's where my mind also went. Like yeah. you can only do so many things with drums, but right. like, you know, I could, I could lead from yeah. piano or guitar or something like that. Right. Like if I'm thinking about practical reasons for right. it, then that would make sense. But just from a purely, I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I think I would choose drums too. Yeah, yeah. Leading, leading others would be you know piano or guitar, and then naturally the guitar is much more mobile. Yeah, so you you're not yeah. you know tied to it. Now Uncle Jesse from from Full House played. He led from drums. Mm. Really? Oh well, yeah. You know, Phil Collins. Yeah. Oh yeah. That dude's yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: Phil yeah. Collins has his own like jazz big band. Really? Yeah. They're, wow. they're really really good. Wow. So. You know who else? Don Henley actually uh, for the Eagles. Would sing from the from the drum set, yeah. or did did at the uh, Eagles concert that I attended? Nice, the, nice little plug. The there, skillet right? drummer, yeah. oh, really? bro. <laughs> Dude, it's a it's a, this this girl. She's double, you know, double bass, like really? chops like crazy, and she's singing like, and singing too. Yes, see, that's it's just insane. insane to me. Yeah, was this also while they were like? <laughs> Bringing her up on the like, uh, raising with the her, fire and, everything? and then yeah. turning her upside down at the same. Like it was, it was, like, a, <laughs> that, that it was, was a whole a, thing. Ricky I mean, Bobby moment for, for those who can't <laughs> see what was happening. Skyler didn't know what to do with his hands. You know what? I won't tell you. You'll have to go to Winter Jam to find out, Skyler. I won't. Oh, I, I I've seen my share of, of skillet. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I'd go uh, totally practical on a guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I, I like guitar. I just can't play an F chord because I can't match oh, two yeah, strings yeah. with one finger. Just the same. My, it hands don't work. It takes time. You can get around that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think if I had to just choose one, it would be guitar. Specifically, probably acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, you can play any style yeah. on it and it's 
Personal and it, again, just from an enjoyment standpoint, I just I just really love it. It's yeah. like my passion. But if I had to choose one that I don't play, that would be a little bit more tricky. Probably probably cello. I love Oof. the cello. It's just a really beautiful. And yeah. you know what music you can play on a cello? You put two ACDC. guys on cellos together and yeah. you can rock the house with some Absolutely. ACDC. <laughs> yeah. Arguably yeah. just as intense as like actual ACDC yes. too. Yes, you know? it was. Uh, that was one of the most amazing things I think I'd ever seen. Yeah. It's cool. Mm. So should we pick one for John Seth? What, as flute. in what we think the he would. <laughs> I was going to go record The Ron oh, recording. <laughs> yeah. like, like Ron Burgundy flute? Yes, the Ron. Yes. Yes. I doubt <laughs> <laughs> totally unprepared. Oh my gosh. That's the best scene. Yeah. That's amazing. Keytar, maybe? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Accordion or What do we think what do you think he would actually choose, like if he was here? Well, I know he really wants to play guitar, but I don't know if that would be his top choice. Mm. I the think he might choose guitar. Yeah. I don't know, we'll see. We'll see how close I really am to John Seth when we get, when he comes yeah, back. Yeah. And tell us next time he comes on the podcast. If yeah, yeah. And for, the for those of you who don't know, we we just spent a couple of days at the Florida Baptist Convention over in Pensacola, and David uh, was actually playing with the Florida Worship Choir uh, Orchestra Band. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, and so David was playing guitar, and um, and I I leaned over at one point and told the guys that I would give David a thousand dollars if he would break out into a guitar solo uh, when everything else ended. <laughs> uh, but I never got that message to him, so it just didn't happen. Had I seen it, uh, it would have been worth it. My, it probably would have been my last time <laughs> yeah, playing yeah. at that orchestra. Yeah, you would but, not be invited back. Right. Yeah, but a thousand but that's bucks probably three worth a thousand dollars. Absolutely. Right? You know how much money I've made playing with them so far? I've <laughs> lost money, <laughs> so, <laughs> including travel expenses. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Man. Oh man! I don't now, know. I feel offer- like you could have disguised it. Like, you know, just but then he wouldn't have given me a thousand dollars. No, it's like when everything else ends. Okay. Yeah. You know, once everything <laughs> got quiet, I'm going to kick solo here. Song, yeah. Well, we'll move into our main topic for today. We're in week three of our cultural issue series. And today we're going to talk about Christian liberty. I've typed up uh, just some examples uh, of some people with different personalities from different backgrounds. I'm going to read this whole thing and then maybe we can kind of respond to it because it will relate to some Christian liberty issues. Joe was an alcoholic and an awful husband before he begrudgingly went to a men's conference with a friend. He heard the gospel, responded in repentance and faith, and quit drinking cold turkey. Joe feels strongly convicted that he should never drink again, and he sees anyone that ever drinks alcohol as unwise and foolish. Bob grew up in a CEO family, meaning his family attended church on Christmas and Easter only. He never took his faith seriously and eventually got married in his mid-twenties. He and his wife would occasionally enjoy glasses of wine together at dinner, and with his friends during football season, he would drink some beer. One day, an old friend of Bob's grabbed a meal with him and had a gospel conversation with him. Bob visited his friend's non-denominational church and responded in faith. He's a faithful church member, serves the Lord well, but never stops social drinking and doesn't really think anything of it. A lot of his church family also drinks alcohol, and it's not frowned upon. Sarah grew up in a Christian family that avoided horror movies at all costs. Her mother would often say she didn't want to allow demons into her home, and that having those sorts of movies on would put them at risk. Sarah is 30 now, with kids of her own, and she holds to the same philosophy as her mother. 
Molly grew up in a friendly home, but her parents were atheists. Throughout her high school years, she would often go to the movies with her friends, and 90% of the time they would go to see horror movies. Molly's parents never took issue with this. During her senior year of high school, she went to a D-Now with one of her school friends, heard the gospel, and gave her life to Christ. She doesn't enjoy horror movies as much as she used to, but she still enjoys a scare every once in a while and doesn't feel convicted about it. John Seth has a tattoo of the Millennium Falcon on his shoulder and loves it. Seth John thinks tattoos are of the devil. <laughs> so here's the question. So is, is Joe living for Jesus and Bob is not? Is Joe closer to God than Bob because Joe hasn't touched a drop, a drop of alcohol since he got saved? Is Bob's church in the wrong for not addressing his consumption of alcohol? Is Sarah more righteous of a Christ follower than Molly because she doesn't watch horror movies? Is Molly in danger because she doesn't feel convicted after she watches a horror movie? Is John Seth condemned because he has a tattoo? Yes. Not because of the tattoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the record, I have two tattoos as well. I'm not trying to throw John Seth under the bus. Yeah, all of those things you can you can just kind of hear when you're reading through the scenarios. You know, those of us who have grown up um, in in Baptist life in particular, but in religious life in general, um, some of that uh, will cause uh, will will be a a time to like kind of just tilt your head and think. You know, wait, that's yeah, that's that's not right. You know, I've, we've we've grown up thinking that certain things are are sinful and other things are not, and there there seems to be um, at least in in uh, in in my background there 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 have always been some things that are kind of black and white, right? Uh, when, when, with regard to certain behaviors that may or may not be addressed or addressed differently uh, in Scripture, and uh, and so we we tend to. I think we, we, there, there's two things that, that we tend to do when it comes to, to the Bible is we, um, we, we place harsher restrictions than the Bible intends, or we'll place a looser liberty uh, than, than the Bible intended. Right. And, right. and so those, th- and, and a lot of that depends again on our personality. A lot of it depends on our upbringing and our background. A lot of it depends on our culture and the era or the time in, in which we live. Um, Christians in, in, uh, America are going to view certain things differently than Christians in Europe or Christians in, um, uh, North, North Africa, yeah. you know, every, because, because those cultures are different. So a lot of these issues are cultural issues that the gospel transcends. Yeah. And the reason why we think that they're wrong is not necessarily because the Bible says that they're wrong. It's because our culture has deemed them wrong. And, uh, and so that's, those are some things we, we have to work through. And that's why we have this conversation about, I think, Christian liberty. Yeah. And with that in mind, uh, just to kind of let you know what we're talking about when we say Christian liberty, because there can be some different definitions, but what we're talking about, I think gotquestions.org does a good job of explaining what, what we're getting into. They say Christian liberty can mean that Christians are freed in respect to such activity that is not expressly forbidden in the Bible. Therefore, one can feel free to engage in such activity as long as it doesn't stumble or offend another Christian. Most of these activities revolve around social do's and don'ts. And so that's what we're talking about when it comes to this issue of Christian liberty are these, again, these things in our culture that it's socially acceptable or not acceptable, but the Bible is not as black and white as maybe we 
try to make it out to be. Exactly. You know? and, and I think a lot of times we, we judge particular actions based on the social implications of those actions. Um, for instance, let's just dive right into the, to the one that's probably the, that's probably the most controversial, at least in Southern Baptist life. And that's, um, alcohol and drinking alcohol. Right. Um, the, the, I, I, the, the Bible talks about the abuse of alcohol. It, it's, it very clearly says, don't be drunk. Don't you know, um, it, it talks about how wine is a, a mockery in Proverbs, even to the Kings. And so they need to be, be careful with those things. Um, but it never, it never explicitly says, um, that, that you shouldn't drink alcohol. And what we have in the scripture are examples of alcohol being drunk, being drunk. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have, so, and, and you know, and, and you know, with, it, it is interesting that there are certain camps that they'll try to, they'll try to, um, redefine what wine means in the, in the, in the new Testament or in the old Testament, they'll try to, uh, soften that up a little bit so that it's not really alcoholic. It's not this, it wasn't that it's like, I, I think that, I think that they're just trying too hard. Yeah. Um, when Jesus turned water into wine at the wedding, um, it, it wasn't a non-alcoholic wine that Jesus turned water into. Right. Um, and, uh, but you know, at, at the same time, um, you know, Jesus wasn't getting drunk on it either. So, so I think that's just one issue where, um, where, uh, Western culture influences our view of, of alcohol. Um, and, 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 and I think it's because it's because we understand the, the social implications of alcohol. So like I might, I might preach against, um, the use of, I might, I mean, I might preach abstinence with regard to alcohol, uh, not necessarily because the Bible says it's sinful, but because I understand the social implications of it. And I see marriages, you know, breaking up and we see be, people being killed by drunk drivers. And there are all kinds of social implications that come along with that. So we, we argue that from a moral perspective, but not necessarily a biblical perspective. Um, and just because we can argue something from a moral perspective doesn't necessarily mean that that any use of it is inherently sinful. And I think that's where we have a, we have a tough time making those distinctions. Those of us who have grown up in church, especially in a Baptist church where anything remotely fun is always labeled as sin. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I mean, the Christian Liberty discussion is it's lived in the gray, in the gray areas. Right. I mean, that's, it's binding other people's consciences for certain things that you might not think is right. right. So I appreciate your reading of those things because these are not just, they are, and we we tend to have these discussions with broad alcohol and tattoos and and all of these things. Um, but it's where people live. I mean, and, right. and there are real scenarios, church members even of of you know wrestling with some of these things. I wrestle with some of these things as far as uh, you know what what is right, what is beneficial, what is helpful for me. In certain areas, but I, I, there was a, there was something I read this week, and I think it's helpful. Just in, we want to be careful of placing um, biblical truth mm-hmm. upon some of these topics, and, right. and so I'll, I'll read this quote. It was from a Table Talk uh, magazine. It says, "When a Christian chooses to make a biblically neutral act into something universally wrong, not just for himself but also for others, he steps onto a slippery slope with no biblical constraints." This is one form of legalism. It makes law out of liberty and it affects and its effect is to wrap up the conscience of believers and confuse the God-given categories of law and liberty. And so we want to be careful in these gray areas to um because I think you're right there there are, there are obviously consequences for some of these things. 
Um, but there are social and cultural and moral right. things that we, that we, we have tended, um, at least in my experience growing up, um, there has been, we've placed a, this is true. This is fact. This is biblical. When I don't know that that's necessarily the case, yeah. right? There's absolutely truth in God's word that, that, um, that says, you know, um, that drunk drunkenness is, is a sin. Right. Those things are true. We know right. that. Right. But then there are gray areas where we have to be careful in placing um, on these topics like this is biblical truth because these are gray, gray areas and they're gray for a reason that we all have to kind of work through these things together. Now, there are obviously things in God's word that lead us in certain directions on these things, but yes. we all might find ourselves in different places on right. this. Yeah, this and that's not a new thing either because Paul is uh, concerned with Christian liberty because the New Testament church is dealing with these same things. Now, I don't think that they were necessarily having discussions about tattoos and and uh, alcohol, but uh, but there's definitely uh, Christian liberty issues that they are discussing. Right. Well, and I think we we tend to we tend to jump on these kind of things because they're in our mind, at least in our culture's mind, they're easy. Um, they can be black and white. Just don't do that. The, the problem is, is, is we get on these campaigns, um, highlighting certain, uh, behaviors, uh, and we completely ignore the other behaviors that are included in the lists of the things that we're, that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. For instance, you know, we might, we might talk about, um, you, you know, we know that the Bible says don't be drunk. And, and so we'll take that and say, okay, well, I guess what, if, 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 if it says don't be drunk, then in order for me to never be drunk, if I never drink alcohol, then I'll never be drunk. And that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. That is abs- If I never drink alcohol, I'll never be arrested for drunk driving. You know, so, so I get that there, there are some, there are some, there is wisdom in abstaining from some of those things mm-hmm. that we do have liberty, I believe, to participate in. Right. But here, here's the thing in Galatians five. Before he talks about the fruit of the spirit, it's one of those lists that mm-hmm. Paul has that is in many different places of scripture. In Galatians 5 in particular, though, he says this, the works of the flesh in verse 19 are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. Oh, here we go. Hatred, mm-hmm. contentions, yeah. jealousies. Outbursts of wrath, mm-hmm. selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, all the way we get through all of those before he ever hits drunkenness, yeah. revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So here, here's the thing. In other lists, he talks about, James talks about gossip. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're going to, we're going to jump on the alcohol bandwagon, but then we're going to walk out of church and we're going to talk about the person who was sitting three rows behind us. Careful. Or, careful. Or maybe gossiping about someone who you think is. Exactly exactly right. right. So, so uh, we're going to violate the commands of Christ. Yeah. Um, because we're trying to bind the conscience of somebody who has Christian liberty in certain things. Mm -hmm. We have no liberty in things like gossip Mm -hmm. and revelries and drunkenness and those kind of things. But, but. But again, if, if we're going to use the logic, well, if I just abstain from alcohol, then I'll never be drunk. Then you know what? If I just abstain from speaking, then I'll never <laughs> gossip. I mean, yeah. th- but, that, yeah. but that's, yeah. where, that's yeah. where you end up. So, yeah. so again, when it, comes to, when it comes to living the Christian life, we live the Christian life in such a way um, that we, 
we do everything and, and, and we'll probably come back to this, but we do everything to the glory, to the glory of God. And we, we, we try to do nothing that will create a hindrance or a stumbling block to somebody who's, who's dealing with some of these issues. For instance, we as Baptists use grape juice for our communion. Mm-hmm. You know what? There are other churches that use wine, you know, whatever. There are some churches like, like Sojourn where you can have a choice. They offer an alcoholic, you know, a wine for communion because that's what the original Passover used. Um, that's what the, that's what the disciples probably drank. I, I know I'm, you know, <laughs> causing a hair on the back of your neck to stand up here, but, but, uh, but we also realize in our culture, um, that there is a problem with, with alcoholism. And, and we don't want somebody who was at one point an alcoholic who has now been redeemed from that, who has now been freed from that. We don't want to do anything that might cause them to fall back into that. Um, it, it's, it, and, and so we, we will, we will not serve wine at communion, um, because grape juice provides the same purpose. Um, and it, and it doesn't violate the conscience of anyone. Um, whereas wine may violate the conscience of some. And so we, we just try to be sensitive to those things, but, but we're not going to, we're not, I'm not going to tell a couple that they can't have a glass of wine together over dinner. That's, that's, that's between them and Jesus. Right. Um, and, and so I, I will say that in our church, our, we ask our leadership to abstain from the use of alcohol, um, at least in, in public, because everybody knows that you go to Parkview and, and there are certain, there are certain perceptions that are out there that we, we don't want to be a, we just don't want to be a stumbling block. Right. And, and that's what Paul says in first yeah. Corinthians in first Corinthians 10, he says in verse 23, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Yeah. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. So there are some things that we can participate in. And, and it's and it's okay, it's lawful, but but it doesn't it doesn't strengthen us, it doesn't encourage us, it doesn't necessarily bring glory to to God. And so we just kind of keep those things in mind. He, yes, we. Here's the thing about Christian liberty, and this is where I think the the we sometimes need to view the argument from another side. People that are advocate for Christian liberty, they're always talking about the stuff they can do. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, right. that's right. But that's but Christian well, liberty yeah. also means we have the freedom to that's abstain. Right. That's, that's right. We have the freedom to choose what we don't do. Yes, and and I think that's an important aspect yes. of Christian liberty that that we need. And, and again, I think it goes back to what what you were saying, Skylar. It's it's a matter of binding consciences. Yeah. We 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 can't bind consciences where the Bible doesn't allow us to. Yeah, yeah, I, and you're exactly right. That there is another side to this. Uh, where we set aside our liberty for the sake of the gospel. That's yes. right. Uh, yes. Right. And, and, and Paul, even in, in Romans and some of these things where he talks about some of this Christian liberty, Paul's true freedom is not in what he can enjoy, but what he can freely give up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's absolutely a really important aspect of Christian liberty. We yep. always are thinking about the freedom of things that we can do, but we also have the freedom to not do those things. Right. Um, and for the sake of the gospel. Right. Right. Yeah. I heard Matt Chandler one time at a Baptist 21 uh, panel uh, say something. If you can convince me that laying down alcohol would be a benefit to the to the gospel. And and my thought was, well, you know what? It maybe it it might, you know, it, it, so he was making the argument that he doesn't have to in sure. order to advance the gospel. And I get that. Yeah. But but in some cases, if if you know that 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 that's keeping you from a credible gospel conversation with somebody, then you should be free to, 
to lay it down and put mm-hmm. into abstain. You you should you should be compelled to do so. I yeah. would say, I yeah. do. Uh, be, yeah. Because it's all for the sake of the gospel, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and we die. I mean, Jesus did, said, "Deny self." So yeah. sometimes that means, and, and I've said it before. Sometimes that means we have to we have to mm-hmm. die to our political ideology mm-hmm. if we're going to have a gospel conversation with somebody who's on the opposite side of the the, the political spectrum from us. We 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 don't have to compromise our convictions. We don't have yeah. to agree with them, but we have to set those things aside, yeah, um, in order to be able to to have that. And I think it's yeah. the same thing with some of these some of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, these, well, I guess, what we would call moral issues uh, mm. that we think are moral issues, uh, we we need to have the freedom to be able to set those aside as well. Yeah, and I'll, I'll think out loud here, that which might be dangerous, but <laughs> um, but I think we have to be able to do those things, and if we're not able to uh, um, set those things aside, mm-hmm. yeah, then there's a heart issue going on. That's that right. Is not that is now leading to some sinful behavior, probably. <laughs> if right. we're not able to say. Right. I can't set this drink of wine down right. or this, this beer came right. down. There's some things going on probably inside that we, we have to be able to set that aside for right. the sake of the gospel. If right. we can't, that's revealing about some heart. It stops being on. Christian you, liberty. Right. right. Yes. Yes. You're being and it, it actually yes. becomes idolatry. Yes. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, because you, you value that more than the, the life or the soul of either a weaker brother or somebody who has yet to come to know Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those, those things can become idols and that's the problem with legalism. Mm -hmm. Uh, Legalism tends to make idols of things that were never intended to be worshiped. Yeah. Um, in that, in that, not just, not just license or liberty in, in being able to participate in cultural things, but also within the context of the local church as well. There are things in churches that have become idolatrous, um, that even the churches need to learn to set aside in order to be able to, yeah. uh, in order to be able to be effective in advancing the gospel and, and, and the kingdom of Christ. Yeah. I think Romans now, 14 speaks to this really well. And I think it'd just be good at least to have this in here. So I'll read verses 12 through 17 it says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us no longer judge one another. Instead, decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of your brother or sister. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Still, to someone who considers a thing to be unclean, to that one, it is unclean. For if your brother or sister is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy by what you eat someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be slandered. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That verse 17. That last yeah, verse. that's really good. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. 19. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for up, mutual upbuilding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, Paul spends more time on this than I think we realize mm-hmm. in, in, throughout yeah. his letters. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians really, he's if eight through 10, uh, that, that whole, that whole section uh, in first Corinthians eight through 10 deals with um, conscience um, and, and he's dealing with a cultural issue of eating meat that's been offered to idols. And he, and he's basically saying meats offered to idols. What is that? The idols, nothing. So it really isn't anything. It's just meat. Right. <laughs> he says, but if you, if, if somebody's giving that to you because they want to test your Christian faith, then don't fail the test and mm. reject it because that's what they're expecting. Um, and, but if, but if not, if it doesn't violate their conscience and it doesn't violate your conscience because there's, you know, go ahead and eat it. Who yeah. cares? Right. You know, it, you have liberty there. Um, what's put in front of you, it's okay. But this is what he, what he sums it all up with at the end of, of chapter 10 in first Corinthians, whatever you eat, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, you do it to the glory of God. And so, so again, when it comes to some of these things that we were thinking about, 
Um, does it hinder the glory of God or does it advance the glory of God? And some of those things might be neutral. Uh, it might, it might not do either one. Right. Um, which again, I think then we have some liberty there, mm-hmm. but if it hinders the glory of God, then we certainly should abstain. And, and if it benefits, if it, if it, if it uh, benefits the glory of God, then, then we should participate in, uh, you know, whatever we, what, whatever we're doing in, in this physical world should reflect a, 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 a love for Christ, uh, a respect for others and a love for his kingdom. Yeah. Um, just an interesting story on this subject. Um, I was on a mission trip in Italy with IMB missionaries. And just for the sake of background, our international mission board missionaries actually signed a statement saying that they will completely abstain from any form of alcohol on the mission field. Um, so in Italy, that's, uh, that's a really hard thing to do. Cause that's, uh, that's right. just what they drink with every meal. Uh, so there's, uh, in talking with, uh, with this IMB missionary, there had been some, some really significant, uh, events that he had been to, like the, uh, like a, a family that's, uh, bringing in their, their harvest and, and celebrating that, that grape harvest. Uh, and traditionally they, they would yeah. they'd open a bottle of wine together. Uh, so being invited to something like that and being unable to drink, to drink that wine that they're offering you is, is you know, a mm. hindrance. Right. Mm, uh, right. So, so just, an, you know, an interesting kind of a thing yeah. uh, where we, we don't need to be so, uh, so legalistic in our approach that we, that we might alienate somebody for doing something that's just not at all sinful right. yeah. in that yeah. situation. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's good perspective because I mean, we, we live in the United States where, right. you know, those things can be more a problem, but mm-hmm. I think you said something. More in, more in Italy, you know, yeah. people aren't getting drunk from drinking right. wine, you know, right. it's, it's not, uh. It's not quite the, the, the social problem that it is. Yeah. Here. yeah. You mean they in probably wouldn't be, United if they States. had a podcast in the church in Italy, yeah. they probably they're wouldn't not be talking about this. Yeah. 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 They're not, yeah. they're not, this isn't right. even, a, even a concern right. for Well, them. given the fact now that the, the German monasteries were the source of beer. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> same, you know, same Germany. In, uh, in, know, so. For our IMB missionaries in Germany. Right. Um, so it's just an interesting, yeah. Um, it really is interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. But, but here I think even with, um, with the, 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 but the the problem here in the in in the West, at least in in mm-hmm. American Westernism, is is if you uh, abstain, um, people want to know why, right? And and it's like and and so we need to we need to uh, help people think through. You know what? If somebody doesn't want to drink, then th- th- that should be fine. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but but our culture doesn't understand that sometimes, and they want to know you know why. Well, maybe I'm a recovering alcoholic, or maybe I'm the designated driver. Or maybe it's just none of your business, and and so I, I think that's I think that's how it needs to play out both ways. Yeah, I think I think both sides of that argument. I think that's true. I think yeah, having an answer to these things other than just it's wrong right. is really helpful because it's not just drinking. I mean, I, I had a list in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Certain, what kind of clothes do you wear? Do you wear makeup? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have jewelry? Do you have tattoos? All the all of these things. It, just being able right. to think through them right. and having an answer more than just it's wrong because. Again, biblically, you're yeah. not going to be able to support that. Yeah. I would say using wisdom, is it beneficial? Am I glorifying God with my life if yeah. I do these things? Are better yeah. ways to think about it. Yeah, I think the gospel and love for others That's are right. helpful goals in this. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And then Peter agrees in First Peter 2.16, he says, live as people who are free, 
not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. And so we have to keep that goal at the forefront of our minds of this is for the God, or, or, it's for the gospel, love for others as well, uh, not being a hindrance, not being a uh, obstacle to others as well. Uh, areas of Christian liberty, we have to be careful. They're, they're not a cover-up. They're not an excuse for sin. Right. Um, because we have to be careful with that because if we keep that goal in mind, I mean, Peter says it clearly, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil. Yeah. Uh, so we have to be careful with that being servants of God, doing all for the glory of God. Right. And everything that we do. The, the, the problem with, with moralism in general is it's, it's a much of it is, is, is culturally driven. Um, it's, it's like, where do you, where do you draw the line? Where do you stop? I mean, because as far as a, like an, because like David, you just mentioned, you just mentioned clothing, right? And what kind of clothing are you wearing? I mean, there should be some, some biblical principles of modesty that we can, that we can adhere to. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's modesty, not, uh, that person has to dress a certain way to keep me from sinning. Mm. That, that's just, that's kind of a ridiculous argument. Right. Right. Um, and, and so, so we, we have to, we, we, we should be modest, but, but there again, I mean, where do you draw the line? Do we go back to, do we go back to the Amish who we would be in violation of clothing issues right now because we have buttons and zippers mm. and Amish don't use buttons or zippers. So do we need to go all the way back to that in order to be biblical and, you know, or where does it stop in the timeline of human history? And and I think that, and that's what happens when we try to make the gospel say something that the gospel was never intended that's to exactly say. Right. The, the gospel is supposed to be able to transcend all of these cultural issues. Um, uh, whether, whether it's, whether it's clothing or tattoos or women wearing earrings, which according to some in the new Testament was, was sinful the way they interpret, you know, first Peter, um, you know, don't adorn yourself. It's a cultural thing because of the, the, uh, much of what was written was written. I mean, everything that was written in the Bible was written in a particular cultural context. So we need to understand that culture and pull the principles of what was being said in that moment. Um, but, uh, but uh, again, um, tattoos in the old Testament were used uh, in pagan worship rituals. Um, I would venture to say that people who get tattoos today in the United States are not using them in pagan worship rituals. Right. So, so I, I don't know that there's any, there's no new Testament. Um, uh, there's no violation of any new Testament principle there. There is a violation of New Testament principle, though, when it comes to sexual purity and sexual immorality. Right. Uh, because even even when the Jerusalem Council met and they were talking about, well, do Gentiles who become Christians do they or do, do they need to be do they need to become Jewish first? Do they need to be circumcised? Do they need to do this and participate in that? Do they have to follow kosher law now? And and the Jerusalem Council said no. Let's, let's not, let's not limit them. I mean, it, it goes to what Paul said in Galatians five, stand therefore, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In Galatians, Paul is writing, uh, specifically to a church that's being influenced by what, what was called back then Judaizers. They were the people who were trying to say that if you're going to be a true Christian, you had to live like a Jewish person. You had to follow kosher law. You had to follow um, the the religious rituals of, of Judaism and all of these things. And and the Jerusalem Council said, no, that's not the case. Instead, I tell you what, let's just let's um in in Acts chapter uh, chapter fifteen 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 twenty two. Thank you. Um, then it pleased the apostles and the elders with the whole church to send chosen men of Antioch. Okay. Um, and, uh, 
Here, here, here it is. The letter that they sent. Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment, it seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report of the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these things, you'll do well. And so, so they very, they, they really kind of made it very simplistic because they understood that the Gentile culture was going to look a lot different than the Jewish culture of, of that day. And, and they understood that the essence of the gospel transcends all of that, of, of those particular behaviors and those particular cultures. And, uh, and, and so, so there are things that, that we, that we abstain from, uh, because we're Christians. Um, but most of what we abstain uh, from because we're Christians, um, uh, we, we don't, we have some, some liberty in, uh, in, in much of what we abstain from. So, um, again, I think it, it goes back to binding consciences and where the church has authority and where the church doesn't have authority in the life of, of those who are part of it. And, um, and, and again, there's always this, this, uh, you know, where do you, where do you draw the line kind of thing? Augustine said, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. I thought yeah. that was helpful. It yeah, is helpful. That is good. Yeah. yeah, and I think that, too, is, is a part of where we are as a culture right now, is we are a culture that, doesn't, that no longer gives the benefit of the doubt, that no longer extends grace. Um, and, and unfortunately, some of that has come into the church, so that there, we, we are in a, a Christendom right now that, that is as, as divided as our politics. Um, and there are some in Christendom who seem to revel in that division and, and, and want to, want to use it to their advantage and to their gain. And, uh, and I just think that, that we need to have grace, um, and give benefit of the doubt and, um, and, uh, be unified in the, in the things that are essential when it comes to the things of Christ. Uh, I think that's a good word, Skylar. How is it possible for two different Christians, both with the Holy Spirit living in them to feel different degrees of conviction? When it comes to certain issues, well, I think it's because we have we have our own conscience, um, and and Paul tells Timothy that that we should live with a good conscience, um, which means a conscience that doesn't violate Scripture, and and so so I, again, I think that there are ways that we interpret Scripture that can be that can be different, um, and so there could be some some things in there where we might disagree. I mean, think. Think about it this way. Forget moralism for a minute. Forget any of those moral behaviors. The two things that are supposed to unify the church um, are the two things that actually created different denominations within Christendom, baptism and Lord's Supper. Yeah. So if, if we can't even agree on baptism and Lord's Supper, Supper then chances are uh, we're going to disagree on, on Christian liberty and the things, things that we must abstain from and things that we have to, you know, uh, that, that we can or cannot participate in. We and can't so, help again, everybody I think else it, has it wrong. That's right. So I, I think I think that again, David. I think that goes back to to just some some grace and 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 having those two people who have different convictions respect the convictions of the other. Mm. Um, because I I can certainly do that. Uh, I if I can if I can um, if I can respect the the differing uh, eschatological views of of people within my own denomination, whether whether we you know we're 
pre-trib or post-trib, and that's a whole other discussion for another time. But if, but if I can, if I can, if I can, uh, partner for the kingdom in the context of a church with different theological convictions than somebody else, um, even soteriological, uh, ideas uh, with how we are saved and the order in which things happen that that save us with regard to conversion and regeneration those kind of things there there are people within the same churches that disagree on those things and yet they still have fellowship together and they still partner for the glory of Christ and his kingdom if if we can do it in, in theological issues then certainly we can do it in some of these other in some of these other moral issues as well yeah uh, again not 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 could not laying aside any convictions with regard to the things that are explicitly spoken about in the New Testament. My thing is, is we want to harp on certain sins and ignore the, the ones that, that may not even be addressed in the scripture and ignore the ones that are blatantly addressed in, in the right. scripture yeah, with right. regard to, to how we should be living the Christian life. And I think when, when you talk about like a specific issue and people having different, um, you know, closely held beliefs on those things, um, it goes back to kind of our, our discussion on worldview, uh, you know, other things like our, our experiences impact that and, uh, and our upbringing and all, all these different things. Uh, so, you know, we don't, we don't need to be too quick to look at somebody else and think, ah, well, well, they're just not, they're not relying fully on the, on God's word for that position. Uh, because we need, we need to recognize that. You know, maybe it's us that's not right. Yeah, you know, maybe we're the ones that's wrong that are yeah. wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's just give grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's important for every believer just to submit themselves to the Lord. That's right. In all of these things, and so um, live with the in the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, read your Bibles. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we we might come to different conclusions on these things, but if we're submitting ourselves to the Lord, confessing sin to the Lord, um, then He's going to bless that obedience, and um, yeah, I think that th- that's where I land on 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 this. Is like we just need to make sure that we're we're living in submission yeah. to the Lord and, and to each other. Yeah, yeah tell us to submit right, to each absolutely. other. So, yeah, I, I just I just feel you know that that so much of Christendom in the 20th century was was um, was a moralism disguised as the gospel. Um, it be, because it, if it, it's easier for, for our, for people to talk about, uh, Christian values and morals and conservatism and all of those things than it is to actually talk about the gospel, uh, for, for whatever reason. Um, and so, so we think that if we can get somebody to behave and when we, and when we talk about behaving, that means acting like me. Right. You know, if, because uh, I'm, and I'm, and I'm guilty. If everybody drove like me, we would all get along just fine on the road. Um, you know, so, so I, when I want somebody to behave, that means I want them to, uh, uh, adhere to the same moral values that I adhere to. Um, and we think that if we can just get them to behave, if we can change their outward behavior, then they'll be fine. They'll be okay. But that's not the gospel. Yeah. The gospel is an interchange of heart yeah. uh, that is done by the power of God and his Holy Spirit, where mm-hmm. he changes us and he regenerates us from inside. And then that inside change begins to look differently on the outside. But but we spend so much time trying to change people from the outside in when the gospel calls us to change from the inside out. And I, I think that's one of the, the biggest differences uh, between the pursuit of holiness and the pursuit of legalism. Mm. Um, and, and, um, and so again, we, we just have to wade through that and be, be cautious with that. And as Skyler said, you know, quote, quoting Augustine, we, we need to give grace where, um, where grace is, is necessary. Yeah. 
so I can still read my Harry Potter and watch horror movies. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You should have brought up Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to do that when you read the the thing about horror films. I was thinking fantasy films as well, like yeah. like like uh, like Harry Potter and those kind of things. Um, yeah. Again, te- understanding the difference between reality and, and fantasy, yeah. fact and fiction, um, you know that kind of stuff, and and teaching our children to navigate the differences between those things. Not just saying this is right and this is wrong, but to to understand. Um, you know, uh, understand the purposes of those things and, and filter them through the lens of, of scripture and the lens of the gospel. Yeah. But there's, you know, uh, in, in all of that, I mean, we could, we, the list can go on and on. I mean, what do you do with Halloween and, you know, do you let your kids <laughs> dress up? Um, there are some that are very, they, they got really strong convictions about that. Others, you know, it's just kids <laughs> getting dressed up and going to get some candy, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yoga is the big thing. Yeah. You know, are you just stretching or are you worshiping Hindu gods? Um, uh, Santa, Santa Claus and, uh, Christmas trees. Yeah. Even. Uh, Christmas trees to some are pagan and Christmas trees to others are so much of a necessity, necessity that they have one in every room of their house. There you go. Um, and which is okay as long as they don't go up until after Thanksgiving, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and there, there's another one. Do you start Christmas before Thanksgiving? Or not? You know I mean? We can bind the consciences of people or we, could give grace yeah. uh, where, where, uh, where grace is beneficial. So yeah. Bottom line, the right question is not, can I do this? It's, are my eyes fixed on Jesus? Am I right. seeking him? Right. So there we go. It's not, can I do this? <laughs> Should, Should one? <laughs> Should one? one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Leslie Nope had some wisdom. Maybe, she, maybe, so. maybe she was onto something with yeah. the Christian Liberty thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. That seems like a good place to end it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for coffee, rants, and all things Christian. Don't forget about the form on our website where you can send us questions, pdclc.com slash podcast. Follow or subscribe to us and leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next time.